Stoked to be the Stokes with Brian and Mariana. It's about to get real, you better believe me. Just got married trying to make it through life, see? With perfect honesty and respect, we'll get through anything. Stoked to be the Stokes, yeah. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Stoke to be the Stokes with Brian Lamar Stokes and Ariana Stokes. That's my wife. Yep. This episode is titled When Plans Change. My how they change. If this is your first time tuning in with us, let's give you the quick rundown. First, we'll start off with something to chew on. Ariana will help us out with that. Yep. And then we will lead into today's topic, which you already know, when plans change and then we will end with our traffic light and our confession now our traffic light yes uh, explain well, well uh if i want you to stop something i'm going to give you a red light and i'm going to tell you about it if i want you to slow down on something i'm going to give you a yellow light and if i want you to keep going on something <laughs> i'm gonna give green you a green light. all right <laughs> cool and our confession just means that we're going to confess something to one another that we do not know and as always y'all know i got a good one today they be dry sometimes. But yeah, I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. You got a good one today. You can like it. Um, But before we start, yeah. last week, uh, we talked about, I feel like I'm giving a confession early, but don't count it as that. Okay. Uh, last week, we talked about boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we talked about boundaries last week. And then this week came and I'm like, everybody's trying me. Yeah, challenge with the boundaries. I feel like I, I literally felt like everybody was challenging me and it was like the Lord was saying, well, are you going to put your tools that you have? About what you say you about? Yeah, That's to work. That's how the Lord talks to Brian. Even like today, um, my my dad had called me and uh, we were talking, you know, I call him like once a month. If mm-hmm. anybody who knows me like knows that like working on a relationship with my dad, it was not like, you know, the best uh, growing up and into like older years. And it's like, okay, cool you know honor your mom honor your mother and your father i'm like i call him like once a month to check on check on him and whatnot Mm -hmm. so we're talking and we're having a conversation i'm just like okay cool you know he he tends to repeat like the same stories a lot and i'm like okay i've heard all this (laughs) i've I've, like heard all this before but i'm like cool with it just checking on you you know to see how you're doing making sure you know you're just like in your right mind or whatever let you know i love you and you know goodbye so he he starts to talk and and I'm not going to give away, I'm not going to expose myself all the way, but okay. he begins to talk and he starts to get on a sensitive subject. Mm-hmm. Now, to me, I'm, I'm a little thrown because I'm like, okay, I can act like I don't care. I can act like I'm a teenager and I'm just like, you know, it's just like, whatever, that's my dad, like, just let it go. But as an adult... Uh, uh, dealing with who I am already, mm-hmm. just as in like dealing with emotions from day to day. I'm a married man, like it, like hey. I'm living in LA. We trying to, we are, we are making it on our own. Yes, we are. So, um, hearing him talk, I'm just like, okay, this is like a sensitive like subject. Uh, you haven't been, you know, consistent within my life. So, who do you think you are that you mm-hmm. can father me? Just in my head, and I'm just like, what do I do? So, as he ke- keeps talking, I'm like. Okay, and I'm just like I answered him back, you know, with one of the things that was on the sensitive subject, and then like my stomach just started to curl, and I started to think about like boundaries. I'm just like I'm like I think my feelings are hurt, but I can't talk to you because you're not to me. He's not like completely like emotionally stable with himself mm-hmm. to like you know receive feedback yeah, or like to to hear that you're wrong like that's inappropriate. So, like, I keep letting him talk, and, you know, it's, like, 30 seconds after, and I think he figures, like, you know, I'm not feeling this, so he tries to switch the subject quickly, but then you called me today. Mm-hmm. And so, my, I'm like, okay, here's my boundary then. <laughs> Even though I wasn't, like, a warrior with it, like, oh, you can't say this, da 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 It was like, you called, and I just hung up. 
Mm-hmm. I put end except and I talked to you and then, you know, then that's when I, you know, told you like, you know, what was going on. So I just wanted to, you know, share that in the beginning. Like, I know that parents can be like such like a hard boundary, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, especially like if you didn't have the best relationship with them. But even if it's, you know, a quick I got to go or, you know, whatever, even if it makes them feel like, oh, I've hit that subject and or, you know, and 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 that's what like set him off or whatever. It's fine because I think it affected me more today that I stayed on for those extra 30 seconds rather than saying, oh, I got to go. But I'll talk to you later. It was good hearing from you. Yeah, because I hate feeling, you know, like I'm like a child and, you know, not in control. And, you know, he is still my dad. You know, I still respect him as my dad and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But it was it just what I'm like, Mm-mm, this doesn't this doesn't work because I'm not a, you know, not a child. But at the same time, we always try to find the line with, you know, our parents in which, you know, we are adults. We pay our own bills. We have our own jobs. You know, we do our own thing. I don't even live in I live. 3,000 miles away from you. Uh-huh. But at the same time, still trying to respect you, trying to let you into my life, like, you know, a little bit to have a good relationship that we're trying to build off of because, you know, the foundation has been shaken. Yeah. But I think I just say all that just to like, you know, just to get it out so I can hold myself responsible for next time something comes up that, you know, I'll remember it and just let everybody know that, you know, still hold your boundaries, even if you mess up and you let somebody, you know, in. Am I blabbing? Does that make sense? No, no, that's good. And I think, you know, we talked a lot last week about it's difficult to not only create, you know, and establish, but to also maintain those boundaries, especially like one of the harder parts we discussed was when maybe the boundaries have changed as you've gotten older or like as the relationship has evolved. So you're introducing new boundaries to an existing relationship. But I definitely think, you know, because like you said, I'm sure a lot of people have been being hit with different boundary tests all week, but to feel guilty about it, you know, kind of defeats the purpose of finding the lesson in it. So I would really say, even if like you could relate, you know, to the story and I, I could probably think of a couple too. It's like now next time, you know, like you have a plan. Cause a lot of times like afterwards we're like, dang, I should have said, or I could have in the shower you know, thinking like, I yeah. should have just said, I could okay, but now you got it and ready for next some, time. And you know, what's crazy though, the, the, the subject in which he was talking about, I'm like, you don't even have that in your life. How can you tell me or yeah. teach me anything? Yeah. But whatever. But But I mean, now you know, right? And like, I feel like there was no way you could have been prepared. Like, you were totally caught off guard. Caught off guard. So it's not like you had been prepared. But next time, no, I bet you got, oh, okay, I I see where this is going. Uh, Here's my uh, boundary sign. You know, like, okay, so yeah, I'm going to talk to you later. You know, I'm about to get back to work and blah, 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 or whatever. But you live and learn. And learn is a part of living. I don't think that um, you didn't handle it the right way, though, because you were sideswipe was that the word sideswipe sure yeah where you're just like okay where, surprise, where is this coming yeah. from and you're trying to gather your own thoughts and then but no i thought you you handled it well because i mean i appreciate it, it. didn't end I'm, in an I'm, argument I'm, right listen, the lord will always provide a way out i know you were tempted to you were probably tempted to say some other temptation, stuff there's a way of escape yes, come on first all corinthians right. 10 13 all right. yes <sighs> all right well thank you guys for listening <laughs> thanks to for that i just out. wanted to yeah 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 just to get it out in public like a little bit of therapy on yeah, it i think you needed to get that off yeah definitely i appreciate it thank you guys anyhow we're gonna roll into something to chew on yeah give us something to chew on here okay you guys so you know so this term you know each term usually i teach so i'm a nurse y'all right um mainly labor and delivery and a few other things but lately i've been teaching maternal child health as well as a couple of other classes and this time i added the class um like human growth and development. And so we're talking about young adulthood and this little short 
piece from the book really caught my eye today. And I'm like, oh, this will be good for our episode because we're talking about changes. So I'm going to read it real quick just as a little, you know, something to chew on because right. I feel like a lot of times, Educate you know, we can teacher. relate as uh, young, young and, and what middle adults. All right. So it says, you know, we're talking about the different developmental stages, right? So we've already come out of that whole like teens and trying to figure out the whole self-identity and role confusion and all of that. Come on, Erickson, for all my counselors and psychologists. So it says here, there are many developmental tasks and challenges that occur during the young adult years. That's defined as like ages 20 to 40. These tasks include developing a mature sense of right and wrong, successful separation from family control, initiating a preferred lifestyle, establishing friends and intimate relationships, deciding on marriage, pursuing career goals, and developing parenting skills. The sense of identity should be formed and stable by young adulthood and will start the individual on a path towards specific goals. Now, this is the part that I liked. It said, these specific goals can change in later stages of the lifespan when unexpected events, further self-learning, or periods of transition allow time for the reflection and reevaluation of accomplishments and new goals can be formulated. And in a different part, it mentioned that sometimes, you know, this can lead to like having a sense of like a quarter life or midlife crisis because people look back on decisions that they made that were more long term and they start questioning, oh, did I make the right decision? Oh, like what if I had done this? Where would my life be now? Did I miss out on an opportunity? You know, and and I remember when I was coming out of college, well, like my, my degree prior to nursing, we talked a lot about like organizational like leadership and development. And one of the things that one of the books that we had to read was called the quarter life crisis. And it was pretty much for like 20 somethings who were feeling like, what am I doing with my life? I thought I had a plan and now I have a variety of interests and, and one degree and a whole bunch of different job options that I'm not looking forward to, or, you know, whatever the story is. So when I read it, I'm like, this is so true. And it made me feel good because I'm like, it's just a part of developing. Like it's a part of the developmental stages that you, you make a plan and you start to look forward to it. You start moving in it. And then you start thinking about, Oh, what if what if it were something different? And I feel like, you know, a lot of people I've talked to have experienced that quarter life crisis or I don't know if you've heard of that or if you've experienced it. Drop it in the comments. But just feeling like, am I on the right path? Why did I pick this path to begin with? And that's a little bit of what we're going to talk about today. Have you had a quarter life crisis? I feel like I'm in run right now. Oh, yeah. Because I'm still in my 20s. Yes. Are you? I am in my 30s. I'm right, right at the, the edge. I'm right, 30. Right, right, um, right. Like, I feel like the crisis like consists of, all right, you've been in, in Los Angeles for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> what are you doing? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, do you want to stay in L.A.? Do you want to move? Where do you really want to work if your dreams don't, you know, really work out? Are you giving up on your dreams if... If if you choose another path, you know, mm-hmm. you know, to go down, that's more of like a nine to five rather than like, you know, a make your own schedule, work from home or type of thing. Mm-hmm. And I think like, well, I would say I, I feel like I've been in a quarter life crisis since I was 25, but that's OK. It's a part of development. Me, I've always been the type where I've had a lot of different interests. Like, I mean, growing up, I had one very set interest. I knew that I loved birth and pregnancy, labor, delivery, all of that, you know, and, and consequently I ended up in that field intentionally, but I've always had other interests as well that were more creative, you know, more like related to writing, public speaking, different things like that. So trying to find a place where all of those interests fit or feeling like you have to find a place where all of those interests fit as opposed to, you know, just trying a little bit of everything, which has kind of been my thing. You know, you ask anyone who knows me, I love to try a little bit of everything, whether it's different job opportunities, 
cities or whether it's different circles of friends or different cities. This is probably the longest I've ever been in a city with the exception of growing up in Florida. So outside of like college, like I promise I've only been maybe like two to three years in each place. So even being here for five years, I'm like, okay, what's next? Like seen it. This has been nice. Great. And to me, I think that's where Brian and I disagree. Like we don't, we, I don't personally see it as like, a, oh, didn't, you know, do what I said I was going to do or whatever. Cause I feel like I've done so much that I didn't even think I was going to do. And then I've thought about other things that I want to do that, you know, don't necessarily require me to be in any specific place. So when I think about the idea of like changing, it makes me excited. Cause like, Ooh, what else can I explore? Ooh, what else can I get interested in? Ooh, I just met so-and-so and I never even knew about this area, you know, of, of work. Like, I wonder what that would be like to explore that, mm-hmm. but it's a part of development. Because maybe it's still like finding your niche. Like I love meeting people who love their jobs, like who love their careers. And I'm just like, what makes you so happy about it? How did you end up in that field? Like how did you create your own lane? You know, I feel like that's what everyone wants. And anytime that I felt myself being like jealous of somebody because, oh, man, they just seem so happy. I thought that I wanted their life, but it really wasn't their life that I wanted. Like I didn't want to do what they were doing. I didn't Mm. want. It was just that I wanted that sense of, you know, fulfillment. And I think that's what we're all essentially looking for. You know, In the same class, we talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs and getting to that point of like self-actualization where you feel like you've you're doing what you're created to do and you're just flourishing in it, which doesn't mean you're being successful all the time, but it just means you're embracing everything that comes with it. And more often than not, you're enjoying it to me. That's what it means. So what was your plan at 20? My plan at 20, I would say probably from age five to 20, my plan was to go to med school and to become an obstetrician gynecologist because I thought that was the only way to be involved with labor and delivery and birth. I've been to the gynecologist. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. <laughs> I love Some it. Some appointments should be left to the imagination. Listen, I felt like that was what I needed to do if I wanted to be involved in women's health. And then the more I got exposed to things, the more I was like, oh, I could. There are people there. Are people out there who are what nurse midwives? There are people out there who, you know, do like well baby visits, you know, in people's homes and help with like developmental stages and things like that. Like I just felt like I had a plan. So when I tell you I had a plan, I mean I had folders on my computer with potential like schools that I wanted to go to all of the application requirements the things that I loved about those schools the housing surrounding those schools I had a semester to semester plan you know of of what it was going to take to get there and I think that's something that kind of started early like in school we had to say oh this is what I want to become this is how I plan on getting there this is what I need in order to carry out that plan successfully so I always had a plan I think around 20 is when the plan started to change because like I said I encountered other people who were doing things that I never considered but still embraced the things that I loved and that's when I started kind of just exploring my options and then from there the plan just started to change and I think it's still changing because I know I don't want to be a doctor, at least not right now. It brought me a lot of anxiety. And anyone who knows me knows I'm a very chill person. So I was like, what is happening in my body? I have to leave the room. Like, what? Like, mm. I don't. Mm, what? I'm not a chill, chill person? No, you're not. Yes, I am. You're I'm hype. so laid you're back. Hype. No, you hype, bro. Hype, like energetic, but not 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 like type A. Like, I was with a lot of type A people who were like, okay, we got to study like this. We got to do like this. And I'm like, y'all, it's going to be fine. <laughs> okay. We know what we're doing. It'll be fine. We're not going to fail. Like, who fails? I mean, some people do, but it wasn't a reality to me. Like, I don't know. I just just knew it wasn't the path. It didn't embrace, like, what I was really looking forward to. And then I got into nursing. I'm like, oh, this is exactly what I imagine. Like, the role that I play, like, as a labor and delivery nurse. But... I don't know. Then I started getting exposed to the creative side of things. I'm like, ooh, I like writing again. Ooh, I like working with the camera. So the plan just started to change all over, and then I just started exploring. What was your plan at 20? At 20, I always thought that 
I was going to be walking down the street and somebody was going to point, you, it's you. Yeah, you are exactly what we need. And I would be a star. Like a model? Like a... A sing- uh, singer, actor. Oh, okay. So they would just see me like, you got the look, you, you got you, the... You are it. Somehow that I've been in my small town in Massachusetts mm-hmm. that they had heard me sing and saw me in a theatrical performance and something. And I was it. And I thought that's how it was always going to happen. Is that what motivated you to move out here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always wanted to be a star, but my mom was like, oh, I need I need a four-year degree from you. And I'm like, okay, who's going to pay? Who's paying these loans, mom? Mom? Anyhow, um, I need a four-year degree. She's like, I need a four-year degree from you, and then you can go do what you want. So but I, think, I did that. But I think also, because to me, like even listening to you say that and thinking about what I wanted to be, you know, as a child or like into, into like the beginning of adulthood, I feel like those, those things kind of motivated us and prepared us to be successful doing whatever we decided to do afterwards. Cause what like do you for mean me, by that? Like I had a plan, right? So I'm like, okay, if I need to go to med school, this is what I need to do. So I worked really hard to make sure that I was set up to be like, you know, an eligible candidate. And even though I decided not to do it, having taken certain classes and done well and, you know, volunteered in certain areas and, you know, just building up my resume in a way that was preparing me for med school, it opened up a lot of other doors that I was like, okay, well now that I want to do this, Hey, I still have this experience. Can I apply it in this area? Oh, you know, I decided to get this degree instead, you know, and I can incorporate that with my nursing degree. And that makes me eligible for these positions that might not be traditional nursing or something. So I feel like it, even with you, like you said, okay, you feel like I know I'm going to be a star. I know that I'm talented. I know that I'm fine. Hey, okay. Well, okay. I know that you know that, but, and so, okay. I know that I can go and put myself out for these auditions. I know that I can go and, you know, didn't you direct the choir like in college? And then you were like performing like on stage, opening up for different Mm -hmm. artists and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. you were confident to do that because in your mind, you're like, this is who I am. Like I'm going to be a star. So I got to start somewhere. I'll start here. You know what? Maybe, but I think because I went to, I, I was what? I'm trying to say it the right way. Just say if it. like let's say there were ten people in a room, like mm-hmm. let's say my college were was had ten people. Okay. Two of them were black. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it, when you have a, a, a gospel type R and B voice coming in with with, with uh, uh 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 acting mm-hmm. attributes because of his childhood it, that brings a different color mm-hmm. so it makes it easier because like to open up for like the, the the singers who would come like to the school you just had to it was like a talent show they would do but i'm like this is easy because all y'all singing with your little uh banjo and i'm about to come here and blow it up <laughs> you know what i'm no no i'm just saying like that so it just was like okay it didn't it didn't make you feel like oh i'm dope it's just like oh i'm just different so they can just see it automatically first i'm black i'm coming here r&b gospel i got a little Mm-hmm. attitude i guess that they would call it so it was just easy to yeah but you're also extremely gifted and talented so no, that may have gotten that, you in but, the door okay. yeah 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 sure because sure. now like for example like when i work on like your resume to put out to different stuff for like gigs and stuff for singing like the stuff that i see on there i'm like oh like you've been doing this for a minute you know and if you go and look at any like footage of it it's good like it's not like oh you know they probably just let him on because it was a predominantly white institution he was a black guy and they need okay. a little bit of soul okay. oh he knows what he's doing okay same with me like if i want to become a doctor i could i wish you would mm-hmm. i know you and my mother both i, I know keep praying keep I praying you never you know you never know it's just not right now okay not in 2018 it's almost over so i can say that Save okay it. not in 2018 yes Yes. But I think that that, you know, just jumping into the topic kind of brings us to some of the things that kind of 
talk about how things come to change. You know, we talk in premarital counseling about, you know, what are your expectations? What are your short and long-term goals? What are the things that you desire? You know, do y'all see eye to eye on X, Y, and Z? And I think what you I mean, not that we didn't factor in the fact that certain things might change, but even in the, what, five months that we've been married, almost six now, that we've been married, a lot of things have changed, even from when we talked about them in premarital counseling, about our goals, where we saw ourselves in a year or five years, and thankfully, we're like on the same page, which was Mm -hmm. not always the case, but I feel like there's been a number of changes, and even though we talked about all these things in premarital counseling, I feel like a lot of those conversations now we're revisiting with a completely different mindset and so we just wanted to talk about a few of the things that influenced that change oh this so, is today's topic this is today's topic yeah we're Girl, rolling just, i said we're, like, i said that we're rolling into today's topic oh okay yes play that back yes so okay. I, I i i set up this episode today you guys i, I helped organize it normally brian does our organization so you know i had to go with a little bit of alliteration so we have three e's right mm. the first e being expectations versus experience Double E. So we were recently talking about, you know, our expectations when we came out to L.A. and then how that compared to our experiences that followed and just how overwhelming or underwhelming or how much of a match or not a match it was. So what were some of the experiences that you had that you that didn't meet your expectations when compared to when you came out here five years ago, what you thought L.A. and life in L.A. as a singer would be? Um, I thought that it would be that I could walk into a room. And that I was just going to, you know, it was going to happen for me. Not because I was the most talented. Which you are. Um, just because, like, I'm like, I'm like, I have a good heart. Um, <sighs> trying my best, you know, like, you know, and I've planted many seeds in my life. And, like, this is my maybe, like, redemption story. Like, mm, I, okay. I got away from home. Because, you know, where I'm from, I think we're, num- like, number four, like, the most violent place or whatever. Really? I think it's number four. It could be, it could be in ten. the nation I, we're or one in through the ten state? In the, in the country. Oh, wow. Um, okay. So just like I, I would come out here in. and I would do it and I would be like the, ooh, he made it. He did it. Good, mm-hmm. good, good, Brian. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. When, um, But that didn't happen. I mean, granted, when I'm trying to think, when when I first got here, I auditioned for The Voice. Mm-hmm. I made it to round two, made it to round made it to round what made it through round one made mm-hmm. it through round two. And then round three, they were like, uh, nope, you're not it. You were pitchy. And in my head, I'm like. I've no one has ever told me I was pitchy in my life ever. You you like like you have a, you have a demon in you. That's a lie. That makes me laugh because like my dad always says, if you're like oh like you know I want to be a singer, my dad will be like oh can you sing? Yeah. Uh, did anybody else say you can sing? Or like, other than your mama? So that's funny that someone will be like you're pitchy. Okay. But yeah, and then you know that didn't write that didn't work out, and that was the voice. And I think I auditioned again, and I made it to round three again, mm-hmm. and then. That was like it. And I'm just this like, was okay. five years ago? Uh, maybe this was like four years ago. Okay. I know you've come a long way. Right. And then from Welcome there, um, I had a audition for a worship team at a church I was going to before. Uh-huh. And then I made that and I thought, I'm like, okay, this is great because this church is like... Uh, uh, this church is like young and it was like mm-hmm. vibrant. I'm like, okay, pop in. So like, I'll, you know, be able to like, mm-hmm. you know, sing and, you know, worship, you know, the Lord and maybe make connections like within the church. Mm-hmm. And then I 
I'm trying to think of all. I'm trying to think of all the bigger auditions. Well, I auditioned the... for the Sonos commercial. Yeah, and that was cool because that was like my first like, oh my gosh, big check. Yeah, yeah I was like, I made an international commercial, in the and commercial... that was one where they were like, oh, you're you. We need to make you the star. That was yeah. one of those moments. So when yeah, I I got booked. I mean, the part was cut down after a while, but when I first booked it, it was a leading uh, role within the commercial, mm-hmm. and. I was like, this is like really dope because this is what I wanted to do. I got to sing, you know, in it. And I felt like I was like a star. Yeah. And I thought I was like, okay, this is, you know, just going to start it up. And then it slowed down again. And then I booked the Google commercial. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. It was a, it was a chill check, but I'm like, okay, I want to sing. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, what things can I sing for? Like, I want to be a star, sort of, kind of. But not like a star, like make me famous, like a star isn't, if he like, okay, he's a star writer because I write mm-hmm. music or he is, he's right. a great actor it's... or whatever. I also thought that I was going to be like the, the, the big black funny guy in like, uh, what's it called? Like a sitcom. Okay. Like I could do that. And that didn't work out. One time I was going to do a play and then I opted out of it because the play was like a little too ghetto for me. Oh, okay. Not, not Ooh, judging it, but it, but, but it was just like, eh. So I thought not Aubrey, your brand, not my not my brand. Okay. Um, it was too sloppy. Now, just curious because I've never been to like a commercial audition. But was it what you thought it was going to be when you imagined auditioning for commercials in LA? No, or even shooting you know, like you know, you know set. You life. know what's crazy when you go to auditions in LA? I thought that it was going to be like you know lights, camera, like action, like on TV or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know in my head. In, in you go in the room, there's like these four guys This the, to this first commercial. Four guys, uh, two of them had Australian accents. I was like, okay, sing for us. It's like they had an iPhone, just sat up there like that mm. and sing. And that was it. Thank you. We'll be in contact. No, not, I got it on the spot. Like oh. You are what we're looking for. Like, That's I guess the, the moment did happen. It did. You. <laughs> you. You've made it's it. You. Congratulations. So, so yeah. I mean, but it but was the, did the moment feel like what you thought it would feel? Were you no, like, oh, this is the beginning. I'm time, on my way. I was working at a, uh, of course, a dead end job. <laughs> I shouldn't say of course, but was this a recording? Or don't tell my business. Don't tell my business. I was Just working. At, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh no no no. When I was no no Hidden Beach and I was working there. Dope. That was a dope okay, experience. Shout out to Sharon and Fran. Best work experience I've ever had. I've learned so much from working at that record label. Um. But the, I was working at, a, I shouldn't call it a dead-end job because it was good and had benefits, but it just wasn't what I wanted yeah. to do. And um, I told them that I was going to get blood work done mm-hmm. for the audition. I don't know why I didn't say, why didn't you say a doctor's appointment? Mm-hmm. So hey, you be real specific. Right, right. Okay. I went blood work. So uh, I did the audition. I got the audition. <laughs> and when I, came, when I was driving back, I'm like, I told them blood work. So I stopped oh at a grocery gosh. store and I got the gauze. Wow. And I bought the, the wrapping thing to wrap it up to make it look like as if I went there. All because I went to the audition. I've on never my, heard I this went, story. I went to the audition on my break. And just in case it went over, because I think it went like maybe like 25 minutes over. Like, I just wanted them to let them know that I was, you know, at the doctor. Because sometimes the doctors can take longer than usual. So that you're, is you're lying. a whole actor with prop, props and I everything. wanted, I'm like, Makeup I wanted, and- why, I'm not here just to be doing this. There's something, you know, more for me. There, mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, I know that God would not, like, show me something. I feel like he made a promise to me for real. And he did. That this would happen and that, you know, you come here and you, like, experience, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, like, this happened. But also, when I, when I um first got here, I used to see people who was, like, so, like, um, 
free spirited Mm -hmm. and i think i wanted to be like and i don't know where i'm going with this Mm -hmm. i wanted to be like less religious Mm -hmm. and um and i you know i prayed you know to god like you know like lord like make me more like these people but it was it was absolutely and i think i'm just telling this because i'm like in la i'm like you do not want to be like so free spirited that you're just going anywhere and everywhere where the wind blows you because who knows what you'll end up doing being blown into (laughs) um Uh, But I believe that within that prayer, something I said that God, like these last five years made Mm -hmm. me go through so many things because, but I I believe I'm turning into the person that I want to be just in the sense of letting things roll off my back more often and being more conscious about people and being able to be discerning and, and, and uh, being able to speak into people's lives, even when I don't feel like, you know, the best and being Mm -hmm. able to be strong enough to keep going when it doesn't feel like I have the strength in myself. So a lot of things I feel like he's, he's built in me, like, you know, through like a lot of pain and struggle. And I know that sounds bad, but I believe that it's for somebody somewhere like the, the fights that you go through, it's hard when you're going through, uh, what's it called? the battles Mm -hmm. and you just keep going through different battles or whatever. But I feel like you will win like the war and like, it will be like in the end, it'll be like, you'll be like be crowned because when you have a good heart, oftentimes you can get trampled over trying to be a good person, feeling like you need to continue to like plant seeds. And I'm just talking about just in LA Mm -hmm. trying to make it through, but then you get to LA and then you feel like everybody being nasty and rude and mean. And maybe I need to do the same thing. Mm. Maybe this is like, you know how you get through. Yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but some there's a word in there somewhere. No, and I think it's interesting, you know, that you say you, you felt like, okay, well, maybe I need to be more, like, free-spirited, like, you know, like everybody I'm seeing. Because, I mean, listen, yeah, we got to be careful what we, what we pray for. <laughs> like, I literally, yeah. when you said, God, make me more like them, I, my whole body, like, <laughs> rejected that. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that is a strong, because, you know, like, in the words of Tamar Braxton, you you really gotta watch your mouth. Like, <laughs> what about my disrespect? What you about my be disrespect? Because somewhere in the world, I don't know the address, but it says, you know, it, it the the moral of that passage of scripture is that the Lord will give you over to the things that you yeah, and I just wish he think didn't. you desire so I much. I wish he didn't. How else would you know? That I, that's not I really know. what you want, boo boo. That's not what you need. So many things I thought I wanted and mm-hmm. I did not want them so many things but how would you know you didn't want unless he gave them over to you i know i wish that there was just like another way i wish that he just gave me the wisdom without the experience (laughs) he did in the bible (laughs) maybe i should have been reading the word more (laughs) it says meditate on my word day and night this will show you the way that you should go let me tell you something keep you away from harm and danger (laughs) i listen to psalms to fall asleep now huh that's how close i want to be to him now that's no, how but close that's I funny because be we now. say that like, dang, I wish I didn't have to learn. Like technically, and I'm not, I'm not trying to preach from a place of like, oh, this is how I should go. But like, because I've learned plenty of lessons and gone through many different, you know, battles that I did not have to go through. I don't believe that every lesson has to come through pain and suffering. And so when I think about the, some of the choices that I, when I think to some of the choices that I have made, I know that the consequences is what resulted. I know that the result was the consequence of a decision that I made that God warned me against and that I tried to kind of finagle and I'm be like, think, well, did, maybe did, that's did not I really what warnings? he meant. Did I get warnings? In the Bible, yes. I know. Did. No, no. But I'm ta- I know. But sometimes God will like show you like this ain't what you want. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I got a lot of warnings and I just mm-hmm. was sure doing what I wanted. I think he, he, he gave me these unctions. Is that the word? Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, yeah, he did give he did give me warnings of it. But, but I just easy. thought I thought I wanted the life of in L.A 
person. And then even to find out, like, you go into people's apartments and you're like, and you thinking everybody, you thinking everybody has all of this. And it's like, people are living with five people in a one bedroom apartment. I've experienced that or people are sleeping on like people's floors. But when they come out or what you see online, it's like, it looks good. Looks looks good. Great. You gotta look good. You gotta look good. You gotta be ready. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when I think about the things that I've experienced in LA that did not meet my expectations, like so much of what you see when you're watching the product that comes from LA on TV and movies and things like that, it it's, it's zoomed in. There is their special effects. Everything is up close when you're there live and you see what's around yeah. everything that, you know, people are at home watching just on the TV. It's so different and it's so underwhelming. Like the first time I saw a red carpet and a step and repeat first, I didn't mm. know what a step and repeat was, but basically the step and repeat is like the wall behind the red carpet, like the background of the red carpet that has like the, you know, the sponsors on it or things like mm-hmm. that. So you're on, you, you see the red carpet and the step and repeat and the rope, like, it's all kinds of people on that red carpet. It's not just celebrities. You know, that's who all the focus is on. That might be who, right. you know. And not only that, but, like, it's maybe, what, 12 feet of carpet? And then it's just regular life, and they go walking people on regular walking cement. They walk into regular Hollywood doors. Boulevard, you know, cars driving by, cars it's broken dirty, down on the side. You, you just like there, there's, homeless there's, people there's are there over just sitting on one walking. Side. Security's watching so that they don't hop on or jump on. You just I don't there. know people know what bases are, but bases in Florida, at least bases, bases. are people who do base. You know, but it's like a you might call head? somebody. Yeah, but sometimes people say <laughs> base. Like, like you a baser. Yes, but like you a baser. Like you do, or you like a crackhead baser. But I'm saying, like, you got the red carpet and then you got a crackhead, you know, over here. Okay, yeah. Or you got, you know, like... Dang. Okay. You got a whole bunch of what? lights that make this one specific area look very well lit and I glamorous. I mean, crackheads are on the and carpet. Then, Cokeheads are on the carpet. On the carpet? Yeah, people, celebrities do coke made it too. Smiling, oh, what I you mean? <laughs> Balance. But it was huh? so underwhelming. And y'all, like, stepper repeats are... Or maybe because I've been a part of events like setting up or volunteering. And so you see like the behind the scenes and I'm like, dang, like this is it. Like it's really just for show. And I know that like when I look at um, like even this quick story, mm-hmm. there's a uh, Walgreens on, I think is it Vine and Hollywood or somewhere in Hollywood, Hollywood in West Vine. Hollywood, Hollywood and Vine. And they, y'all, they got to step and repeat in the Walgreens. So if you want to show up to the Walgreens in a nice fancy outfit, cause you've been in, you know, Hollywood doing whatever you've been doing and you go and you stand on the step and repeat and you get your little camera out and zoom in it. You'll look like you were somewhere, and that is L.A. (laughs) Like, so I think for me it was underwhelming because, you know, I had certain experiences, and I was like, oh, like, I know you talked about your audition experiences. I've had a couple as well, you know, that, like, when I first came out here, it was auditioning for a lot of different, um, like, I think the first thing I got was a play. And then I was a part, I got the part, I was in this play, then the play just started getting weird. And, and, and when I say weird, I mean, they had us doing weird things that I'm like, you know what, like, I, this, this, this ain't a part of my Baptist covenant. And I know the Baptist <laughs> covenant, because I won the Baptist covenant competition. Okay. But, and I'm not trying to be super religious, but I know something about this ain't right. And like, it just was really very like, dark, spiritual, sexual, it was very weird. And like, there was a rule where you could not be late. If you were late, you were out like playing and simple and I was trying to make copies of the script at FedEx I was two miles from the site where we were rehearsing the play I'm thinking like oh this is the beginning because literally from that street you could see the Hollywood sign from a lot of streets you could see the Hollywood sign I'm in traffic two miles away it took me 45 minutes to go two miles like it was ridiculous so the first time they exempted me you should have parked and ran run two miles you know how long it's been since I don't run (laughs) 
you, you were smaller back then. You could have Listen, did it. I said, I'm like, okay, I explained. But then the, that day we had to do something really weird in the play. And I talked to my best friend about it. I'm like, I don't think I can go back there. So I just wrote an email, you know, to the guy. Because even I saw how he treated people who were late or who left. Everyone was so expendable. Is expendable the word? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, expendable. And I'm just like, oh, like you're that replaceable. Like, it's not that it's not that you're here because you're so talented or because you're so like the way that he was treating people, the way the direction the play was going. I'm like, this is not what I came here for. And then soon after, I had like a student film audition or whatever. And I remember this was the same day that I got an opportunity to go to like for some eight some commercial agency audition as well. So I'm like, oh, I'm booking, 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 like getting auditions, right? I get the part for this for this short film thing and it was like my best friend still laughs about this today it was some like mime role but they wanted me to be like this like lesbian mime it was really abstract and confusing and I had to call back and be like you know what I don't really think this is what, what did you say a part of my brain <laughs> I don't think this is for me I don't even understand like the concept like I think someone else would probably do better with this and fully get it because it's not it's not gonna be me and on my resume and I don't even understand what's going on and then I had the audition the next day for the commercial agency and it was a room full of people all there for the same thing with one picture i think you had like five seconds to give one line and that was it and you're taking like time so, to go and do this to be in the room for like five seconds and it's even just like you know with the what audition and with, and what you said like you know you, you were in the play and like it got weird it's just like because you go in there and you think that you're signing up for one thing mm -hmm. and then it's like okay well take off your shirt but we're gonna cover your breast with two pieces of tape and now kiss her <laughs> like oh. wait when, oh when? mom and daddy it never got that far because you know they listen. It, 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 we didn't do that he's talking you, hypothetical right now that's not what my situation was okay continue man but why you told me the story not earlier that, that's what just like it seems like it's just like this is just not it just like when i got the uh when i got booked for that other commercial and they were like oh yeah yeah we we want you because remember i got the was it the Google one? I don't know. I did a commercial before and then they called me back and they're like, okay, we like your style and what you do. Can you come in yes, and do another, com another commercial? Mm -hmm. And at first I said yes. And I was like, no, nah, because it was just like a whole bunch of liquor. So oh, it's just like, yeah. okay, come in here and be liquor and then give me your personality with liquor. And I'm like, you want the check, but I don't want, you know, yeah, what's connected to it because not that's not, you know, who I am. At all. And it's so hard, like, holding on to who you are because you're just like, there's my, all of this money is everywhere. Yeah, but listen, <laughs> you, you strange, find yourself crawling, on, crawling on some dirty black box theater floor. You find out real quick, this this is not who I am. Yeah, but when rent is due. Slithering across the floor trying to be. <laughs> when rent is due, this is still not who I am. Okay, baby girl got standards. I'll go back to Florida before. Listen. <laughs> people uh, do weird stuff it's just weird stuff here uh, but okay so okay so that's expectations versus experiences and on the lighter side there were it? also experiences <laughs> that were that exceeded our expectations you know like the, i've been a part of some things that i did not plan to be a part of and i ended up getting so inspired by being a part of it or learning so much and i feel like oh although i did not come to la for this i could see myself doing this you know and i think that's when my idea of what i wanted to do here started to change because i started seeing like oh like in producing content you have more autonomy you have more control you have more ability to give other people opportunities to do what they're called to do even if you're not called to do it 
So I think in in being open, you know, like to Mm -hmm. exploring different options and learning different roles and and, and seeing, okay, well, what is it that you do? How did you get into that? You know, and being like, oh, well, you know, can I like shadow you for a little bit or I volunteer for free so I can learn this? And then you're kind of building this resume of skill set, you know, a skill set that you did not necessarily intend to, but it could be helpful later, later on. Like even like PAing with stuff, even from weddings, it's like everything is an event. If you're a part of it, you could be like, oh, yeah, I helped with this or, you know, that. What were you going to say? Sorry. I said I definitely agree with that because when I first got here, I was an intern at a record label for a little over a year. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to go to this record label and I'm about to be a writer. They're going to, you know, give me a publishing deal. And that did happen, but mm-hmm. they didn't take it. Oh, yeah, but, I remember. You um, they're going to give me a publishing deal. I can sing background for whatever artist they got or I can be the artist second and third. And what, what I really got out of that was how to filing systems. Mm-hmm. The whole, because uh, you wrote the whole, the whole catalog. Yep, uh, I did the whole catalog uh, for them and their music to uh, submit to commercials. Because, oh, so that whole process, the whole the whole process of that, and then um, I forget the name of the company that does a, that wants a lot of music just to put in two commercials, and then even one commercial. Um, I was like, we got a hundred thousand dollars off this. Where's my check? Oh. <laughs> because no, because I even did um, with Fran was there, whatever. Um, I did. I was the assistant to finance uh-huh. and I was the assistant to the administrator. Uh-huh. So it was just like getting like, you know, both like lanes of it. And then as when they found out I was a writer, that's when they, they let me open up like within to like the music. And then they started calling me backstage Brian <laughs> because with all of the um, artists that would come in, they were like, oh, you can take Brian with you because he'll get the right footage for us. So then oh. that's when I started doing the camera. So I did the finances and I, I think I was camera. working like the full time. So it was like the finances was like Monday, Tuesday, Friday, then helping out with the administrator was all the other days. And if the artists were into town or if they had like a show like on, um, was it wasn't Jimmy Fallon then I forget like, like, a, late the sh- like a late night show. I would go there like to do the camera uh, and just to like be like with the artist because they were just like, okay, he's like really into this. And then I wrote a song uh-huh. and they were like, oh, okay, well we can give you like a publishing deal and it can be based off this. And I didn't take that because. But for good reason. It wasn't a publishing deal. They can be like, okay, we're going to give you $5,000 and you write, you know, you write until you pay this off. But then it's like, okay, $5,000, you write till you pay this off, but we also want 20 songs. Uh-huh. And it's just like, wait, but if it's 20 songs and it's more than 5000 then like, when did, when do I pay it off? It was just like two. Yeah, I remember you and told me on our new, first day, you were like, confusing. I can make $5,000 right. and so I'm two just like, paychecks. And, it's too many songs yeah. with this money, but you want the songs and the money. But what if the song goes number one, but you still want 19 more songs oh. from me? And then the $5,000 is paid off, but I still got to give you 19 more songs that... You, you said, let me get my like, calculator because I'm like, oh, I can't do this. But, but... It was a great experience because we're talking about different things that you learned off. I learned how to use the camera. Yeah. I learned about like the finances of the business and how to never leave anything miscellaneous, Mm, uh you know, um, ever. I learned how to build uh, catalogs. uh, And then I still have like the emails of like the connections of people and different things. I mean, they could be like in a different spot or whatever. And then remember we even we were doing like the African channel or whatever. Yes. And then I even knew that guy like who was a... He's like the CEO or something. Of right. That of that. Just like it. getting to know people and like connecting to people. And then um, I got to go to events because you do a good job. You get to go to events and whatnot. But but from that experience of, you know, somebody else's dream, another part, it wasn't necessarily singing. You just learn so many things. Yeah. And then even like with that, that goes into like engineering. I engineer this show, know how to use logic, oh, yeah. know, how to, know how to engineering. mix, know how to uh, edit the videos. Um, 
I'm trying to think, you know, like what else I get out of it because I ain't started working with that other program yet. But you just start to learn other things. So then you don't have to outsource so much and yeah. be paying everybody, mm-hmm. you know, um, to do what you can really do on your own. Yeah. If you take the time to learn it and invest. Yeah. And then people and even come here and you and record. In and the pay, studio. And, yep. Yeah. Something's like, okay. Let's let's do this. And pay, I need pay to come me. record in the studio. Come on, we got the if rates you, ready, y'all. If you need, yeah, come on through. Got the rates ready. Now the second thing was evaluation of the plan, and I'm gonna go through this one pretty quick. But I know, like you know, in nursing, we always talk about when you have an, a plan, you need to make sure that not only do you implement it, but then you come back and you evaluate it. So I think for us, that's kind of where we are now. Like we're evaluating what's working, what's not working, maybe what needs to be modified or maybe just scrapped completely what does it look like to modify or scrap? What does that letting go process look like? You know, you mentioned the word earlier, like, oh, does it seem like it's like failing or, you know, or something like that, which may not always be the case. Sometimes modification is good. Sometimes scrapping something is good. You're in a new season. I know that the person that I was five years ago when I came out to LA and the expectations and experience and exposure that I had is vastly different from who I am today at 30 Mm -hmm. in LA, married. Mm-hmm. Having done my own projects or written things more, but I did not think I was gonna find nobody out here in LA. Oh, you know, probably God is probably like, Man, I done told you, Negroes. Uh, I sent you out here to find your wife, to find your husband. You can go home now. Where y'all, oh, <laughs> child, come on, let's go. You, then. Go, found you go home. It's, a, it's, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm but kidding. I think, like, for me, hey, mom and dad, and hey, other mom and dad, <laughs> I think for me, like, um, I said, you know, I think when it came to kind of having the plan I didn't factor in like oh what if it changes or what if I don't like it so now I'm looking back and I'm like you know what I can see that this is not necessarily working because it doesn't make me happy anymore and that's okay that's a part of the evaluation I think certain things you found even that like okay I I do it well but that doesn't mean I enjoy it or I want to do it all the time or that I would do it daily for free you know like certain things you're good at but I think who was it that said something about you know what is it that you could that you always find yourself being asked to do I think Harmony said this that you always find yourself being asked to do or that you always find that you're willing to do whether there's pay or not you know because you're just passionate about Mm -hmm. it and was it that you could see yourself doing daily and like not get tired of it. and like for me those answers have changed over the past five years oh okay i think yeah. that's actually good yeah so evaluation i think my, my my trouble with that is to be honest i don't even know like my dreams like look like at this point or what i'm really like trying to do because i don't think i'm like i want to be like famous or whatever in the sense of like make me a star put me in front but i do want to work in the entertainment industry uh-huh. that is just like my truth but i don't know what it looks like to be like okay i don't have to be a singer in front but what could I do that could fulfill that spot in which I don't feel like I just said, you know, like I quit, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I think that's what, that's what I'm looking for. And like finding like the balance with all, with, with all of that. And I think that's something I struggle with, you know, week to week mm-hmm. being here. And y'all like, we've had plenty of conversations about this because, you know, anyone who knows Brian or has heard him or listened to him on YouTube or SoundCloud, you know, he's very talented. But what people don't see is like the behind the scenes stuff like that. He's like really great with like building teams, right? Like he can take something, whether it's a song, a singer, a team, a uh, 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 like a video concept, any kind of creative idea. And I think both of us have that skill where we can just make it better. We ask the necessary questions to kind of, you know, fine tune it. Mm. We narrow down the focus and we see the parts that are missing and we have solutions to fill in those missing parts. And I think a lot of that is like, it can kind of get overshadowed by that need to feel like whatever you're doing is being seen because you don't see those people who are credited with those sort of skills 
on the front of things, you know, right. and you have skills but they are that very work much paid, very much so paid, paid better than the ones who are yeah. in front, paid better than the ones who are in front. But I think because you have the skills that are, you know, front worthy and get credit in the back as well. I think it could be hard to just focus on, okay, what am I doing right now? Because you look on things around you in LA, like we talked about in another episode, you're kind of told to be like, what are you working on? What was the last thing you worked on? And what are you getting ready to work on? You know? So you feel like you have to be, you have to have something to show for it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I think what you have to show might be like a long-term project you've been working on or someone else's product that you've made better or something like that. And you still Mm -hmm. get some of the credits on it. So I think we're just kind of figuring out what does that lane look like for you? And then I have my own, my own set of background stuff. We'll talk about how it connects, not just with LA, just like Mm -hmm. somebody who's living in Minnesota. In Minnesota. How does this connect? Oh, I've never been to Minnesota. You know, I'm just. But saying, are you, you know, saying like of... someone who's living in Minnesota? Yeah, because and it's not. Is... It's not. It has like a desire to do one thing, but it's like mm-hmm. it's not like working out with them. Like, how could they connect like all of this information? Okay. Well, I what comes to mind is I I have certain people who I I would say they're acquaintances. I would really love to have a conversation with them, but they have like degree in one field. For example, like one of my friends, I think we went to Duke together, and you know she went on to get her law degree, right? And now she's married to another friend of ours who also went to Duke, and she's a mother of two, and she has like her whole like she has this like bow business like for little girls, right? And I think it's called like My Berry Bow. If you guys want to look it up or anything like that, and I just I want to. To her, I'm like, oh, I wonder what was that like leaving law, you know, leaving mm. uh, what I'm sure must have been loans from yeah. undergrad and law school to one, become a wife of a professional athlete and to work, you know, whatever that looks like. And then to also become now a mother. And then you have like this, what might some might say, oh, this is a side hustle. You don't know if it's going to, you know, turn into anything or not. I think. For me, it's like when I see people doing stuff like that, it's like those are the things where I see, oh, everyone has like a creative side and like a practical side. And even though you may have invested money in the practical side, there's some way that you can apply that to your creative side. Because anytime you start a business, creative or not, you need some law backing, right? Like you need to have like a, a sense of contracts or, you know, business law, things like that. And I think when I see people now who are struggling with trying to figure out what what is my place now that I have you know, worked in corporate America for 10 years and I'm raising my family, but I feel like I'm neglecting this side of me. How can I get back to finding my dream, which I've seen people in my, I guess, circle of friends or acquaintances say, it's like, you can do both, I think. I think it's it's just like investing in the same way you invest in your education and you invest in your practical job for lack of better words Mm -hmm. by just doing little things like you know because you work a full-time job but you also spend time learning this studio equipment and then you spend time practicing with you know people until you get proficient enough to where now you can charge for it you know and like you said you don't have to outsource things as much so eventually if you commit to it and believe in yourself enough I believe that that could then take over to where you don't have to do the things that you don't necessarily want to do anymore but you get to spend more time doing the things that you enjoy and being proficient in it on, on a business tip. So is the My Berry Bow successful? Yes. Okay. And she lives in a regular town. Where do they live? Who are the, is it the Bengals? Who does he play for? I don't know. You know, I don't know sports like that. I don't know football. Bengals? Bengals. Is that how you say it for real? B-E-N-G-L-S? I don't know. Does she live in a regular town? What is a regular town? Like not LA or New York? I don't know. I'm just saying this because I don't think that it's just all about living in LA and like superstar and like just putting all this to that. But I'm just saying like it's like for anything, anybody who has like a dream. I'm just trying to make like Yeah, even our friend Angel. She's in Tampa. She went to law school at Harvard. Since then, she's written a whole book, right? We got the book right here. She's written a whole book, Harvard and Hardship. She started a whole blog, a whole brand, a whole like consulting firm. Like she took that law degree and made it what she wanted Mm -hmm. it to be. 
you know. And I and I and I hope you know. And I'm not trying to make this a therapy session for uh-huh. me, but I think I'm just trying to find that lane where I'm like I can be anywhere and I can do you know what I what I want to do because yes. you know my real desire is you know I love the Lord. I would love to be a worship leader to build worship teams uh-huh. from different churches, yes. you know, and bring it together. Yes. Uh, people who are, you know, struggling just in that area to come in, like to teach about blending and, you know, just about, you know, the love of really God, you know, yeah. what, what, whatever it is to pour into people and just like to either move on or to lead the team. Like, I know that's one thing I want to do, but I also love being in the studio. I love recording. I love uh-huh. harmonies. I love writing. I love singing. So it's just like trying to like put it all together, but not still be straining, working, you know, 45, 50 hours a week yeah. and then still trying to live your dream. I think sometimes the stress of trying to live in LA can overshadow the dream of why you even because came here. Because rent is $5,000. Because we got a friend who works as a whole development producer and they be finding talent all over the US, not even in in LA, here, yeah, they look on Twitter for time, they look, here. you know, and then they bring them here. So, I think that you're like, what does the word say? Your gift will make room for you, right? Mm-hmm. It'll put you in the presence of very important people, you know. And I feel like wherever you are, like, we know top worship artists, and they're not in LA, they're in South Carolina, mm-hmm. they're in Detroit, they're in Chicago. So, I just feel like there's an illusion that comes with having to be in a specific place. I think you can be in that specific place to, to, to do what you want to do when the opportunity comes, but for the opportunity to happen, do you have to be there? Maybe not. It helps, I'm sure, in some maybe instances. Not. But you not. still should be doing the work behind it. Oh, you yeah, still you should be practicing and being, you know, prepared. Yes. I'm not, I'm taking so long with this topic. This no, is the no, last I think this, I, <laughs> okay. I hope that this is actually, like, good for people. Because I, I feel like so everybody has a dream. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are just working their regular jobs just because they just feel like they just, you know, have to work, like, the regular jobs. And, and you know, even our parents say, you know, you have to work. You got to work, excuse me, to eat, you know. Yes. But at the same time, I feel like maybe it's a millennial thing where it's just like, you know, I want to kind of enjoy something that I do. I want to make profit off of, you know, what my talent is or, you know, my creative side. And it shouldn't we shouldn't be, you know, uh, I don't know, for lack of better words, reprimanded for it. Yeah, I think that's a miss. Have that desire to, you know, be able to live and get paid for what I like to do, what I love to do, my creative art expression and which I'm good at. That's all. I think that's a misconception about millennials is that we don't want to work. I think we just want to enjoy our work. Like, if you give us something that we enjoy, we will work, work, work. You look at these startup companies that are started by millennials. They will work crazy hours to get that thing going because it's like a passion project. So And I feel like people don't even, people, and I think I've said this before, people don't even uh, uh, really, like, see it until it's, like, complete. And they're like, oh, wow, they, like, made, like millions of dollars off this idea or or this song or this video or whatever yeah and i think success has different definitions yeah they did we gotta define what success is to us that's a part of the evaluation process um but lastly the last e was examine motives you know what initially motivated you to pursue a certain career a certain degree move to a certain city i have like a funny story that i don't really share publicly a lot but when i first wanted to move to la Mm -hmm. it wasn't just you know because i Mm -hmm. wanted to be an actress like i had reasons i wanted to be famous i had come out of like this unhealthy relationship and i was determined to just make him regret breaking up with me and i was like he's gonna see my face everywhere on billboards (laughs) on buses you know still might happen but the motive was that at the time and i was like what do i need to do to be seen everywhere i need to become famous okay what do i need to do to be famous i need to be an actress all right what do i need to sign up for an acting class so i signed up for acting for non-majors at my local university and i actually did a really great job and in the process of taking that class i found out that acting was completely different than what i thought it was it was more about storytelling less about being 
someone who you weren't, but more about like understanding characters and choices and representing that storyline for people who could relate. Right. And so I felt like, oh, like I'm good at this. I was told by more than my mama that I was good at it. And then, you know, when I thought about other things I've been a part of, I'm like, oh, I'm comfortable like in this setting. So that kind of fueled my move to L.A. Still wanted to be famous, still wanted to. I guess it's like the equivalent of what's her name? Kardashian's uh, revenge body show. Like you're mm. going to see me and be like, oh, I, I made a mistake. My, hey, if you're listening, Chloe, I'll, I'll be on. Let me know. On revenge body? Yeah. Yeah. He's been dying to be on revenge body. Oh. I'll go. I'll go. So, okay, Chloe, if Don't you're listening. I'm dying when you just signed us up for a weight loss show. I know. They never even and called you did us that video back. I just need motivation, though. I just need you motivation. You should post that video. <laughs> That was good. We, we should post it. We should post it. But um, yeah, so I that was my reason for coming to LA. I was using LA or New York. And then I was I got into nursing school and I'm like, dang, so my plan was to come here and be in nursing school. And then that would justify why I was here so I wouldn't look crazy. Then I got into nursing school in Florida, finished, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna move to LA. I'm gonna work as a nurse and I'm gonna be an actress and become famous, be on the buses and on the billboards. And then I got like a great job back home and I ended up working there. So it wasn't until like maybe like seven months after that, that I made the leap to move. And then I just found a whole bunch of other things that had nothing to do with that situation that one, I got, I grew a lot closer to God. I grew, you know, deeper in my prayer life and in faith. And I felt like I started exploring different skill sets that I was either revisiting or had never seen before. So although that got me here, my motive was totally off. So now I'm assessing like, what are my motives? Cause sometimes it's five years later and you married. So that's still your motive. No, I, that's not my when motive. Did, when, that's what this I'm what saying. I wanna, when did it break off? When did it break off? Um, I think when I started writing my first like web series, I was like, oh, like I forgot I'm a writer. Like right. I'm good at this. Was and then that, my focus was so much on that. I wasn't thinking about because I wasn't so I didn't what, have to what be humbled in that. You then? Was it when you were asking money for people at the gas station? Probably when they were trying to ask me to be some lesbian mime. And they had me crawling around on the floor for this play talking about say this and I don't know what language it's in and what are we speaking to the devil? Like, yeah, probably then. I'm like, what am I doing? here? So it wasn't asking for money at the gas station. That was a humbling moment too, but that wasn't the humbling moment. Would you just want me to tell that story? We've already told it. I just like going back to it. We didn't like, tell it. We hinted what did, it on what the did you, What did you say? I, I've I've never asked for money. Because you try to say I was asking money for, on the street, and I was yeah, not you were on, on the, the street. street. That's what it was. Not the gas. You were on the street I asking was not for money. On the street. I was at the gas station. Like, I ran out of gas. That's a different. And to story. this day, I always ask you, why didn't you just ask your parents to send you some money? Why I don't even like that they're them? hearing this right now. <laughs> Without them? any, well, one, how would I have gotten the money right about, then? They I don't, don't do cash I don't, I didn't Let me tell you, please. I don't really ask. I don't think. Okay, you yeah, made it. You I don't made really it through. Ask you made it for money through. and stuff like that. Now that I think about it, didn't you have a Walgreens card talking about? I'll mm. just give you this ten dollar Walgreens oh, card. Starbucks. <laughs> I was not bargaining. It's, it's I was trying to. On this card. I just need some gas in my car. I was trying to card. gift the person who had given me gas money because I felt so like I have to have something to give. Struggling they in LA for no that's, reason. That's a whole another story. But now that you've said it, it's like. If I don't tell the story, it doesn't. I'll tell that story. A your mom, time. like your mom, like right now, she listen She's to like, hey, get hey, mom, home get home now. now because of four years ago. Get come home now, now. Oh my gosh, that's when I was trying to live on faith and not work with two whole degrees, y'all. I was just, you know, you just have to learn certain lessons for yourself, right? That's why you got to stay in the word and not just in the church pews um moving on um i'll tell that story a different time but moving on um i think that when it comes to new plans and plans changing or being modified that brings to mind another e for me which is excitement i know it can be a little bit scary but i think it's exciting to think like hmm 
What would life look like if I, you know, were in a different place or doing something completely different than what I thought I always wanted to do? And I'm doing it because I said I was going to do it, but really I feel myself inching towards something else. And when I think about people like a friend of mine, Krista, Krista Underwood, um, and a soror of mine, you know, she was here in LA. I think she was focused on acting. She went to Clark Atlanta. Okay. Come on HBCUs. And she ended up, um, like going back to talk to like the communications media journalism to like school, right? Just to motivate them. She came back after a weekend of talking to I think her home high school and then that at the at the college, like talking mm-hmm. about, you know, whatever she was talking about, they were at the communications group. She came back and she was like I'm moving. <laughs> she was like, I'm moving back um, because I see that there is purpose that I have in really pouring into this next generation coming up for like media journalism, you know, just people of color who were focused on that concentration. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Chris, like, do you are you going to act there or are you worried about what people are going to say when you move back there? She was like, no, but it felt so good to like pour into that group and let them know, you know, here are different ways you could be successful in this area, follow your dreams, et cetera. And, and I just remember the week before she had been talking about, you know, like what she was doing, where she was at some event where it's like, Oh yeah, I was up there with so-and-so and so-and-so, but it still kind of felt, it still kind of felt like, dang, like, is this it? And so she ended up moving back. Y'all Krista, I don't know if you, if those who are in Atlanta who listen to like top three with Krista Lee, like that's Krista. She has the radio show with what is his name? Willie Moore. Jr. Jr. Thank you, Willie Moore Jr. And she is living her best life as a as a public figure, radio host, motivational speaker, you know, and I think a lot of times people think of going home as being like giving up or, you know, like or even not even going home, but just going anywhere outside of where you came to fulfill your dreams, right? They see it as like giving up or, you know, or like just doing some something second right because you couldn't make it. And sometimes you find that your actual success for lack of better words i guess fulfillment you know passion are in places outside of where you thought you were going to find them and i love stories like that i could probably think of at least three more i'm not gonna tell them but Mm. at least three more where it's like dang like because the way that you were headed here in la you were one amongst many and now it's like you are doing what you're supposed to do and boom the doors are opening so yeah i'm excited for whatever changes are to come with you with me with us because i never thought i'd be doing a podcast with my husband. What? Who are you? What? Where'd you come from? That's what it feels like. I'm married. Yeah. Sure. So to be Stokes, like the whole brand. Like that's, I don't know. And who knows where it's going? No more. You talking about, I'm excited what's going to happen. I'm about to pop out a baby. I didn't say that. That's I just said I'm excited like, for yeah, whatever excited changes for whatever are happen. coming. I'm excited for whatever Let's see what you really going to do. Yeah. So I need to figure out what are my motives now. I need to evaluate what's working and not working in the current plan. You know, and I just need to get excited for whatever's coming up next. That was good, babe. Yeah. Expectations versus experience. Mm-hmm. Evaluation of the plan. Examine your motive. Uh-huh. Excitement in new plans. Yes. And we it's have not so much failure, more now. It's just a new it's just a plan. New plan. Yeah. It was good stuff, babe. You are great. You are a great. You are a great educator. Thank you. Thank I know you. I talk fast, y'all, but I really hope y'all got it. And I just want to say, you, you and I both, we got so much more now than what we came here with. And I feel like the possibilities we have are even greater than what they started. I receive it. Yeah. Okay. Lift your dirty hands. I have a word. Okay. Word. <laughs> Why did I even raise my arms? Traffic okay. light. You're up first. Traffic light. You're up first. Traffic light. You're up first. I got a traffic light. You're up first. 
Traffic light. I'm up next. Hey. Traffic light. I'm up next. I got a traffic light. You're up first. And it's red. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. And it's red for you. <laughs> wait. I get a red light for you. Okay, go ahead then. What did I do this week? All right, guys. Week? My name is Brian Lamar Stokes, we and my know. wife is Ariana Nicole yes. Stokes. I almost said Smith, but whatever. Same thing. Shout out to your dad. Um. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, so guys, when Ariana and myself mm-hmm. uh, first got married, we got our apartment, mm-hmm. and we were, you know, building our apartment, you know, before the wedding or whatever, because we didn't know what we were going to get. Mm-hmm. We went to our local uh, mattress place to buy a bed. And when we were first going there, you know, we were like, we have a budget. We're not going to spend a whole bunch of money on a bed, but we want it to be, you know, very comfortable. Where is this going? So, um, so we bought a bed and we got a queen size bed instead of a king because oh we got a Tempur-Pedic. And we wanted it to be comfortable. Now, you know, with Tempur-Pedics, it, it's great. It's foam. You can fall in. It feels like a cloud, you know. You can't bounce and, back up, though. Huh? You can't, you can't bounce, <laughs> you can't back, bounce up back up once, you once you're in, in your end. So, like, the Tempur-Pedic, like, you know, like, it will, like, make a spot for you. So, you know, it gets used to your body, you know, your body's shape and whatnot. My body has never gotten a shape on the bed because she sleeps how she wants to sleep. Every night she spread out every night on my side consistently. I would like her to find her own side of the bed. I want you to stop coming to my side of the bed every single night with your warm body on me trying to make me sweat by being on me. Now, let me, I, I would like to finish. Because I, I see you look, I, she's looking at me talking about I'm loud. I don't even care. Because when she gets called out, she, 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 it's, it's fine. I, I don't care. Okay. I don't care. What, what about my feelings? <laughs> what about my disrespect? <laughs> so, to, to, in conclusion. Yes. Did, did you lose your train of thought? Yeah. No, I found it. Okay. It, it, guys, it's so bad. It's like, um, there are two feet extra on her side, but she keeps coming to mine. And then I put my hand to reach over like, hey, can you just move over? And she's like, no, this is all of mine. And I just want one I'm- night of good sleep in which I can just be comfortable in my own bed. Now let me not no, be in no, the no, bed no, and you no, don't no, get no, good no, sleep. No, you can't even go to sleep no, when no, I'm out of town. No, 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 no. I just want one good night of sleep in my own bed why can't you just stay on your side of the bed i'm all for cuddling you know but when it's just time to go to sleep and i want to turn just go to your side of the bed okay well are you is that a rhetorical question no no answer answer. go ahead stop why can't i stay on my side of the bed um First of all, I am on my side of the bed. It's just that I'm not, on the far edge. No, of no, it no, that no, happens no. to look Ariana, like this on your we side. Did, Ariana, we did you, the measurement I let, I of this. I let you finish. Can I? We just... did the no because okay. it's a different. Okay. okay. Because Secondly, my apostle preached the word, and he said, "If you are a person who consistently tells lies, you are a liar." Well, I'm not that. Okay. Secondly, <laughs> secondly, I feel like you know when I was single, I didn't have anyone to cuddle up with, and those days are over. So. You're there. Why would I sleep as if I'm single on a far end of the bed Ariana, by myself? If I slept like if I slept on you, how you sleep on me, you would never have a good night's sleep. You would never. Mm, you would never have. There's a, good a difference night. there. You would. Ne- What's the difference? A hundred pounds. Sure. Yeah, yeah. about a hundred. Sure. 
how much do you think I weigh? Y- y'all, he be trying to play about my weight, and that's why I'm, that's why I'm coming for him. So thirdly, just thirdly, physiologically, you mm. know, when you are in the bed, like you said, it's a foam bed, so it makes a space for you. Even if I try to give you space, once you really get down in your spot. My body starts to roll that's a lie. down the slope. This is real temper. No, this is real temper, Peter. You no, I have that's rolled a lie. down that's into a lie. you. It's you not. lie, you lie. I never been so thick. That's not you a lie, word. you lie. I'm not. I'm telling Rug. you what happens. Thank Rug. you. I'm telling you what happens. Rug. Literally, sometimes you get in the bed Rug. and then I just I roll that's towards not, you okay. because okay. you're okay. like that's it's fine. a difference in size. That's because we're just not gonna we're just not gonna tell the truth on this because so that's just not the truth. So you want me to fight to no, climb no, no, back no, up my no, side no, of the bed and no. hold on but to the okay, edge okay, of the bed so okay. that I don't. How about we just say that you're right on that? Cool, okay, cool. Perfect. You're sliding down. So um, thank you. Is it my turn? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I have a yellow light. No, 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 because you didn't tell the truth. Ariana, we were literally lying on the bed and I reached over. I'm like, there are two feet of space. You're saying that I create a hill. I'm that big that I'm creating a hill on the bed that you're rolling down. That's what you're going to say right now? Yes, that's what you, That's what you're saying? Yes. But it's not wow. because you're that big. It's because you're bigger than me. No. That's how beds work. No. Because oh we just gosh. had this conversation. When I asked you to move over to your side, you moved over to your side. I climbed up my side. <laughs> And I, I had to lay on the edge. When, like, when I say, like, she's really trying to play me today. I had to lay on the edge. When we get off this <laughs> podcast, I'm coming for her. I'm coming for her family. And I'm coming for her you ancestors. Are. You are my family. I, I'm not going to say it on here. No, 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 no. The other side. Okay. Okay. But okay. go ahead. Go ahead. What's your what's your traffic well, light? Because you're a rug. Mine you're a rug. Mine was just rug. a yellow light. I just want rug. you to slow down with the heat. I understand that some days it feels like winter a little more than others and it gets a little cold outside. But when it was hot, you insisted on blasting the AC. So, okay, I did what I needed to do and I accommodated because you just you just had to have it a certain way. Now that it's getting warm, I'm thinking, okay, he can accommodate. It's getting cold. Because, I'm sorry, now thank you. Now that it's getting Rug. cold, you can't I'm even like, keep it he together. can accommodate and he can get a blanket. And wrap the blanket or put on put on some clothes, put on a sweatshirt, put on a hat, some socks even, you know, whatever I'm you need the to one do. that's fully clothed in the house. But you want to put it on the one, heat. Ariana, it and was one area. And have y'all ever Ariana, been in I a can I do mine? Time. Or are you I didn't know like because I Thank you. Okay, thank you. So like when the heat is blowing, it feels off. good at first, but then I, like it makes me nauseous. But the reason why you don't like the heat is because you musty often. Wow. That's not true. That's true. You musty right now. That's not true. That's true. <laughs> Y'all, he is not serious. Whatever. I don't like the heat because feeling blow hot air just blowing at you is nauseating. So just okay. slow down on okay. that. Okay. You don't have to completely stop. You know just that feeling that down. you're stirring in because I call because I called you musty? Is the it's feeling not a feeling because you're lying you're about the, the, the bed? You're exactly, exactly. But I was telling exactly. the truth. Exactly. Okay. I was telling the truth about the bed. Okay. Whatever. What's your confession? I'm not backing up on it. Go ahead. What's your confession? My confession is that it was actually a nice one. My oh. confession, I don't even feel like giving it now, was that you were right about you know it helping to set up and be organized before the podcast. Because like I said, you guys today, he allowed me to you know kind of take lead when it came to organizing 
how the flow was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I kind of came up with a plan in my head. And he was like, when are you going to write it down? And I'm like, I plan differently than you. Like, I'm coming up with it. So I had kind of a half plan in my head, which is better than what I normally do, which is just, you know, I just like to wing it sometimes. So I'm like, okay, I have a half plan and I can just kind of wing the rest. I have an outline. And he was like, no, you need to like write it down, like the point. So that way there's a flow. So I did. And it actually made things go a little easier. So you're right. And I appreciate when you do it. I don't want to be in charge of it all the time. But thanks for trusting me with it and giving me a shot. That's Thank my confession. You so much. You're that right. Was so kind. You're welcome. A little emptiness in it because I feel like you're still a little, you're burning. Yeah, this a is the bit. best I can give it. Yeah, yeah. It's a little I mean, water. It was a little my empty. truth. That's I wasn't fine. gonna change it because you were fine. rude. That's but fine. Yeah. Well, my confession um is that it has to do with the food. But okay. you know, I'm the I'm the big one that had that that's making a hill in the bed. That's fine. Um <sighs> but what I do not like if we go out to eat It's not your size, it's the difference. It's the difference in size, not the size. When we go out to eat and like, let's say like we bring it home or if I'm like making the plate or if I make food at home, I just put more food on my plate now because you always eat off of it. So if you order fries from a place, I just take your fries. I put them on it. And if when you start eating off, well, thank they're you. The, that's very considerate. They're, there they are. That's my confession for the day. Y'all, she heated that I call her musty. Because it's She's not true. heated that I called her musty whatever Eat it. that's okay i still love you but whatever that's the episode for today you mad thank y'all for joining what about my disrespect what yeah. about my disrespect because i was not telling an untruth about the bed whatever it listen guys if you're not following us on social media please do everything at stoked to be the stoked just how it sounds just how it sounds yes uh, and also, y'all, we're going live again soon. Oh yeah, I, I don't know if it's this week or next week. It's this week. Oh, it should be this week. It's okay. Sunday. Uh, I don't want I don't want somebody to say rug to me. No, but whatever. We're All right, this week happen. we will be going live. And it's All a right. good topic. 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, Standard Time. Time. Everybody else in between, figure it out. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Stoke to Be the Stokes with Brian Lamar Stokes and Ariana Stokes. And remember, with love, faith, honesty, and respect. We'll We'll get get through through anything. anything. See y'all next Tuesday or live this Sunday. Sunday. Bye. Bye.